Hello and welcome to the Crying Burns Calories podcast. I'm your host, Katie Saltzman, personal trainer, nutrition coach, entrepreneur, creator, and expert in teaching women how to take back control of their health, their mindset, and their happiness. Most of you know me as a nutrition coach, but this podcast and this platform is going to be so much more. This is a place where I want to be able to talk about it all. Yes, of course, health and fitness, but also relationships, social media, adulting, hormones, just life. I want this podcast to cover all the ups and downs, and I want you to know that you're not alone. Ultimately, I'm here to give you the confidence to break through what's holding you back, to embrace who you fully are and show up authentically in life. Because life is messy. It's not perfect and it's not meant to be. So grab your wine, a drink, or if you're like me, that chocolate or that ice cream, because it's time to take our stories and the things we go through and make them our superpower. It's time to laugh, cry, learn, and understand that we are all in this together. So let's dive in. All right, I am here with Tony Marinucci. She is not only a friend, she is a dietitian, a TEDx speaker, now author. Um, she is honestly such a just an incredible person inside and out. I'm really excited to have her on the show and to bring you all of her value. But I'm gonna let her introduce herself and tell her a, tell us a little bit about her story. So Tony, go right ahead. Ah, thank you. Thanks. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I'm very proud of you and watching you grow and get to a place where you have a platform. Um, And I know your podcast is going to thrive. So congratulations on that. And I'm excited to be one of the earlier guests. I can say I was on the Katie show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so my story is not unique in the sense that I think a lot of people that go into nutrition coaching or become a registered dietitian who are, you know, help people find peace with their body is has been in a place where they were at war with it. Right. So I grew up overweight, insecure, wanting to lose weight was constantly on my mind. And it just led to some really dark places because like anybody else, I think when they first start to try to, you know, lose weight, they, they try the extreme things. Right. So I would under under eat excessive exercise and just, I was kind of caught up in that cycle. So long story short, I realized that extreme restriction isn't the answer. It's actually part of the problem. And I needed to find balance instead. So I decided to go to school to become a registered dietitian to kind of figure out what that would look like. And slowly over the years, I started implementing just like healthier behaviors. And I noticed that my energy was better. My skin was better. I was happier. Just in general, my confidence even grew. Um, And obviously there's a lot of messy stuff in the middle there, but the quick version of it, is, you know, I finally, you know, healed my relationship with food, made peace with my body. And now I can genuinely say I'm proud of my body, regardless of the size. And it's changed many times over the years, and it will continue to change as I get older. Um, And now that's what I do in my team as well. And now I have dietitians who work with me, um, who actually serve our clients as well. And we just have the mission of helping women make peace with food and make peace with their bodies and doing it in a sustainable, realistic way, supporting whatever their goals are, just making sure they have a true understanding of why they want to create that goal or create, make that goal come true. That's amazing. I, so I, we met in New York, right? That was the first time we met. Yeah. Like, yeah. What was that, like two years ago. Honestly, with COVID, I don't know anymore. I think People it was like, how long are you in business? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm the 
same way. I'm like, what year is it? No, I really think it was three years ago. It may have been like, cause it was, it was in January. So I think we're coming up on three years. Um, and when it's crazy to see how much you've grown and shifted since we met, um, like we'll get into, she, she has a book coming out and she like, I swear on the New York trip, you said like, I'm going to write a book one day and I'm going to like be on stage speaking. You've done all of these things, but I feel like, especially in this last year, maybe I'm off, but you've made this huge shift in your business. Mm -hmm. And like, it seems like, even though I think we all start and we're all body positive and we're all, you know, the scale isn't the only way. I feel like you've had a really big shift this last year with it. Yeah, I really have. And I, I think that a couple things, I think just as we grow, as we become better writers. So writing a book before I even started writing the book, um, I was working with John Romanello and he was just helping me become a better writer. So sometimes even though I want to say one thing, the way that I write it, it doesn't come across that way. So he helped me really say things in a way that I, that are truly aligned with what I believe. So I think that's one part of it. I've just, my messaging and the way I speak comes across differently through that coaching. Um, but then also just, I personally went through, um, and I talk, I talk about this actually for those who are listening, actually, I don't have to say this, but right now, anybody who wants the book, uh, once upon a diet, they get access. Uh, chapter five is free and chapter five I talk all about like if they're on the early early bird list they get chapter five for free and I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story that I talk about in chapter five um but lucky for you when this comes out you're going to get access to the full Yay. book so. <laughs> um, I'll give you we'll give you those links later but um so it was probably right around the time I had just decided to go right after New York I would say I had decided to go full-time with my business and Prior to that, to build a business on the side, to get ready to go full-time, I was working a full-time job, building my business on the side, you know, waking up at 4 a.m. to make sure my workout was done, to make sure I got all my stuff done before I had to go to work at nine. Then I'd come home at five and then I'd just coach clients till like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. I was dating, so I didn't always get my sleep. And then I'd, <laughs> I would like go out and then I would uh, wake up and do it all over again. So I was really just working on adrenaline and long story short, I was hustle. I was in hustle mode. Right. Yeah. And so it had a purpose and it had a point, but I almost, if, you know, if you go a little deeper, like, I feel like a lot of it was just anxiety driven and anxiety promote provoking and, um, all that to say, like, I got to like my goal weight, I got to the goal of like working for myself full time. I like made all these accomplishments, but yet I never felt like it was enough. And I noticed myself going back into old disordered eating habits and behaviors from my past where I had gotten to my goal weight. And I was like, oh, what's five more pounds? Like if I could do that, I could do five more pounds. And then I kept moving the needle. And that's a really slippery slope, especially if you have a history of disordered eating. So I realized I needed to do some deeper work. And at the same time, like I had just gotten out of a serious relationship and that's where the book was, bo was born. So the book is called Once Upon a Diet. And it's about the parallels between dieting, dating, and romantic relationships. And sometimes I talk about in the book that we have planters and we have bouncer, bouncers. Planters are people that get stuck into something. And when things get hard, they work harder and they try to make it work and they try to make it work. And they just like plant themselves because they so desperately want it to work. Whereas bouncers kind of just like, when the shit gets hard, they, they bounce. And then when things get like, they almost like never set, they never work in the uncomfortable. Whereas like I was in the extreme of, just like 
ignoring the red flags, like very basic things that we teach people. Like, you know, if I had probably stopped drinking so much caffeine, I probably wouldn't have been able to keep my head up. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, um, if I had given myself a rest day, I would have actually noticed, wow, my body really needs rest. You know, like there was just so many things I was ignoring. Um, and so through that journey, I, I noticed that a lot of people were in that place as well. And that's where I started to shift my messaging to more of just when we're thinking of our health, we really need to just think about self-care and making sure that we're being compassionate with your, ourselves and patient with ourselves. Because the ironic part about all of it is as I was getting smaller, my body image issues weren't getting any better. And so, that is so common. Yeah. Because yeah. we're so, driven by external. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's basically, um, it's like almost like I had to go through that almost like a like one last time because I had a history of that when I was younger, right? And so almost like I like had to go through one more last time to just like be like, okay, I am I am done trying to chase a number on a scale. Like I'm done trying to chase something that is going to take extreme measures for me to to keep it or to sustain it. Um, it's just not worth it. I love my life and you know, stressing over, you know, intense workouts, five, six days a week and counting every macro. Like that's how, what I had to do to get there. And it was, ex it was, it was obsessive, right? So there's a purpose and a point to those methods. Um, but when it becomes obsessive, which I have obsessive tendencies, you have to know yourself. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was too much. So I had to taper back. So and, and it's like, is, is that really even healthy? You know what I mean? We think right. it is because again, we're so driven by like external and we're never like, wait, just like you said, you're never not drinking the caffeine or not taking a rest day to really recognize how your body is feeling. And like, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. who you are, like, like who you are now and who you are 15 pounds less, it's, it's still the same person. And a lot of times you're right. The, the, and I find this so often with women that the, smaller that you get, or the more you lose weight, the more you drive and push towards that, the more unhappy you are, mm -hmm. the more obsessive you become. It's sort of like, I always talk about like the last five pounds. Is that worth it? For me, it's not, you know, mm -hmm. it, we're mm -hmm. not meant to live in this state where we're just like super lean all the time, but we're, we're made to believe because of what we see on social media, that this is possible and we should do this. But mm -hmm. what you're compromising for that last five or 10 pounds that you're trying to get to is your life. Yeah. Is your quality of life, is your enjoyment, your relaxing, your downtime, your fun, your freedom. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. The way I say, talk about it in the books, I say, you know, when five pounds isn't just five pounds, like, and that's what we talk about it. And then going off your point um, where a lot of people don't, re I think when they think about going after making, you know, making changes to their health, they think that they have to make extreme sacrifices, very similar in relationships. Sometimes we kind of get caught up in, you know, the lust or the love or, or we're just, we think that it's the way that it's supposed to be in relationships. And so we settle for less than ideal circumstances and we start to sacrifice our own needs. But the truth is if any relationship, whether it's your relationship with food or relationship with a person or a relationship with yourself, there's compromise that needs to be made, but not sacrifice, right? So there might be small compromises, like as much as you want to stay up and watch the second show, whatever you're watching on Netflix, you know that sleep is probably going to make you feel better in the long run. So you're going to have to compromise some of your downtime so you can get some real rest and rest restoration, right? So there's compromise, but if you ever feel like extreme sacrifices, like maybe the partner you're with is like, you've never watched it. You haven't watched a show you wanted to watch in like months. Like that's a red flag. Like you're not able, you have right. to be able to like reach your needs. Right. So I feel like if that's of, your red flag, you're doing okay though. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's true. That's true. That's not, that's not the worst thing, but also, so there's like, I could talk about this for hours. Like 
there's one chapter in my book and it's all about like, do you even like this? And I actually use that example of like, your relationship's mediocre, but you you don't even really like it. Like it's mediocre. Like you also don't have to settle for that either. You know? So like, it doesn't have to be like the worst relationship or like the worst, um, you know, nutrition plan or whatever for you to like, stop doing it. It could just be okay. And you can be like, you know what? I deserve better than this. So I want to, I want to take it back to like the start of your book. Like, so your book sort of talks about the correlations between relationships and between diets. I'm obviously single, newly single here. So curious about all of this, like talk to me about that and how it connected and how you sort of came up with that idea. Yeah. So the first thought of, I didn't really think I was going to ever, like I had thoughts in my past of writing a book, but like the actual act of writing it and what I would write about, like it never was like very loud to me of what that would be until I knew that I was going, I wanted to do a TED talk talking about the same thing about the parallels between dieting, dating and romantic relationships. And I realized when I did my TED talk and I only had eight minutes, like, oh, wow, there's a lot more here. <laughs> I can't fit all these eight minutes. <laughs> you really got to pack it in. You yeah, pack it in. Um, so, but it became for me because I started noticing patterns, right? So like I said, for me personally, I'm a planter. A planter is someone who sticks to situations way too long. And when things get hard, they work harder. They blame themselves. They they, they 100% do like, me like they got it. Yeah. Like it's like, they want to make sure that we did all of the things. Right. So, um, and helped so, everybody. Oh yeah. Helped stayed around way too long. Yeah. Yeah. Sacrificed ourselves. Totally. 100%. It's interesting that of all my, I've been in, so my current boyfriend is my, my fourth long-term relationship. I'm These are adorable for by perspective. The way. Thank you. I love him. And we've learned a lot from our past. And I think that's why we are so sick. We are like a very happy, healthy, genuine Couple. Uh, relationship couple today but um it took a long time for me to get here let me tell you <laughs> because my previous boyfriends I I dated all all three of them for around like two-ish years right and what I noticed is that the honeymoon phase which is the beginning was really great right but there were red flags early on but I just chose to ignore them and then there were probably there was like with all three of them, I probably should have broke up with them like way early on. Like they wouldn't have been long-term relationships if I had a different mindset. But in my mind, it was like better to date than it was to, you know, be single because there's all this pressure. It's like, if you're not in a relationship, society almost pressures you into thinking like there's something wrong with you, you know? Um, hundred like, Yeah, it's a lot. And so the same thing was ha- would happen with me with my weight when I was younger, it was like people would almost like get off my back as long as I looked, it looked like I was eating healthy and exercising. Like yeah. not knowing that like I had all these dis- disordered eating behaviors and this body dysmorphia and just like self-hate. And it was like, I almost had to like, for them to stop telling me the things I almost already thought about myself. I had to show them that I was exercising all the time and eating healthy and well. And I was praised for that. And that's like a whole other, um, like society. It's a whole other topic. Yeah. It's a whole why other we topic. do the things we do. Yeah. 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 We are, so, and we, we still are yeah. praised for it. We are. It's really, it's just, it's almost like, like Katie, you you'll know, I don't know if you've already getting pressure, but it's like, if you just like, if you only have like a, they like, it's like in society, it's like, maybe if you have, if you've been single for like, more than four months it's like no you have to date you have to go back out there again it's like let us decide 
how we feel and when we're ready and let's not rush because we need to do the work. So that's the whole premise of my book is teaching people about introspection and awareness and mindfulness and asking yourself those hard questions and really allowing yourself to take the time to define what it is that you want. Like it's not going to be a hundred percent you know, you're not going to end up with 100% of what you're looking for, what you're asking for, but you can get pretty damn close when you create that vision and when you're honest with yourself and when you define what that is, because when you don't do that, you repeat patterns. And like I dated five versions of the same guy, just with a different name and different face. People will do that in both <laughs> diets and relationships. Honestly, I, I, I'm so here for this conversation because it's exactly what's going on sort of in my life right now, where it's like, why aren't you online dating? Why aren't you? It's like, I, I've never downloaded an online dating app. I haven't, I, I don't mm-hmm. feel this need or push to, but yeah, it's like this constant pressure of, well, you're 35. Like, don't you want to have kids? Don't you want to get married again? All of these different things. And it's like, it, it's pressure that I've done a lot of inner work to be able to turn that off. But yeah. a lot of people don't do that or don't have the tools to do that or don't know how to do that. Yeah. There's a saying that I, I say a lot that I think will really resonate with you or anybody listening. And the saying is the more you love your decisions, the less you need others to love them. So I don't know if I created that. I probably read it somewhere. I don't even know, but it's something that I say all of the time and it's, it's so not trademarked. I don't, I don't know. I have to like Google it. Like, did somebody say that or did I say that? <laughs> I love that. Can you say that but one more time? The more you love your decisions, the less you need others to love them. So what, what, what that means is like how you said you can be confident because you've done the inner work you know yourself, right? So because you've done that, you know, it's still annoying, right? It still bothers you, right? Right. But you're able to like still get past it and not like now that doesn't now trigger you to now go onto the, the dating apps before you're actually ready you know, where, and like that happens where, you know, think about marketing and media. Like if the more you're confident in the foods that you eat and how you treat your body, you're no longer going to feel less than, or feel like you need to do something like excessive or aggressive when you see a news ad for like, like 75 hard, for example, right. That's something that like, when you know yourself and you know that you actually are really proud of the fact that, you know, 30 to 40 minutes of exercise four to five days a week is exactly your perfect, just makes you feel all the things like you won't even be tempted by something like that because you know that that's just not for you right now or ever really. But for some, you know, (laughs) um, you're able to say no, you know, rather than like, try it and then feel like a failure because you tried something you didn't even want to do in the first place. And like, let alone whether you, I feel like it's a healthy thing to do regardless. The point is, is that you didn't really want it. You were, you were responding to like just this indecisiveness mm-hmm. and kind of like, I'm not sure where to go. And so you kind of dive into the first thing that presents itself, but it's probably not really what you wanted. And if you would have taken that time to really assess it and to be like, okay, why is this triggering me right now? you know, and maybe you haven't been moving your body in the way that feels good to you. Maybe you haven't been moving in a way that you really want to, but that doesn't mean now you work out two times a day for 75 days. I think that's what 75 hard is, right? Yeah. Well, (laughs) no, it gets even crazier than that. And I know there's like nutrition. I just workouts, reading a book, you have to diet, you have to take a picture every single day. Uh, And, but I love what you're saying is that like, does it even align with my goals or my life? You know, we sign up for 75 hard because it seems like, yeah, it's going to give me all this structure, but like, let's say you're like, uh, you know, like you're running your own company or you're working full-time or you're a mom and you're running around from here to there. And all of a sudden you're signing up for this program that 
doesn't align with your life at all and is not going to do anything to give back to you. But again, you feel this pressure, like this is what I need in order to feel my best. Right. Right. And I probably, if, especially if you are a mom or something and you're taking care of all these people, you're probably, what you're probably looking for is something for yourself. Like you're probably looking for some solitude. You're probably looking for, for something that means that you're taking care of you. So look at it that way and then find another way to do that like without all that other stuff. Cause it's not, that's not really what you want. It's like a bandaid. And then when we go for the band-aids, our, our heal, our like wounds never heal because we're never actually getting to the root of what it is that we actually need. Right. It's like, yeah, you're right. It's putting, it's a, it's a band-aid issue. It's putting a band-aid over something that needs to be healed. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you say like are like some things that women can do to find this alignment and to stop repeating the same behaviors? Yeah. So I'll give you the, there's so many things, but I'll tell you what I (laughs) talk about in the book because I want people to read it and I think it'll be, um, you know, it'll hopefully entice people to go there. So I have people ask themselves three questions before they start anything new, or even after they kind of finish something, I want them to be observant of why it worked or didn't, or why it may or may not work. Um, And so the first question to ask yourself is, will this last past the honeymoon phase? right? So something like 75 hard, probably not going to last honeymoon phase, like about three months, right? You know, like once all the chemistry, right? So, and listen, there's nothing wrong with the short-term playing, right? So if you are dating someone just for fun in the bedroom, like that's totally fine. But if you know that this person is like never going to commit or you're never going to commit or whatever, like then don't be disappointed when it doesn't go past that. Just be on the same page. Just be on the same page. I love that you said there's nothing wrong with the short-term playing. (laughs) There's nothing, nothing wrong with it. Honestly, this is, I did talk about this in my book because like there's so many tangents, uh, but my boyfriend, I'm full disclosure. I'm very vulnerable and very open about things. My boyfriend and I, we were not, this was not, we were not supposed to be where we are. And I don't want to tell that to people so that now they think hope that it's like going against what I'm saying, but like chances are your booty call is not going to become your husband, you right. know, no. but, but like in this situation it did, but <laughs> <laughs> or it might, but like that wasn't our intention. And what I'll say to that is we were so open and honest the entire time. So if at what we just so happened to agree that we like wanted more at the same time, but there's at times in my past where I was with someone for just for fun and it started that way. And then my really, my thoughts about it changed and I wanted something more and he was very honest. And I just kept thinking I could change his mind. And that lasted for like years, like in between, like, like maybe I'll try like, a different approach. I was like, maybe, you know, I was like, oh, maybe he's ready now. Like he kept like pushing and it's like, no, he was never going to be, he never will be like, no, you know? And so sometimes it takes us a minute to get there, but if you really are honest and you like have those conversations that you'll probably know, like this probably isn't going to last more than like three months or six months even. Um, so that's the first question. Then when you're in the middle of something, like, so maybe you did start a program. Maybe you thought it would last past the honeymoon phase, right? Ask yourself, do I even like this? Do I like the foods that I'm eating? Do I like that I have to, you know, meal prep and put everything into Tupperware containers? Do I like, um, you know, the, um, the workouts, do, you know, whatever it is a part of that, like, ask yourself, do I even like this? Because that doesn't mean you have to sh- go away from it or stop doing it, but there might be things that you can shift to make it a little bit more enjoyable, right? But if you've shifted a bazillion times and tried things a bazillion times and you still don't like it, you know, then it's okay to, to stop doing it, right? 
And then the last question I have people ask themselves is like, this is often um, like when they finish something. So maybe something didn't work out or they get out of a relationship um, that didn't end the way they wanted to is what lessons did I learn from this? And that's the most important question because you have, like, if you don't ask yourself that question, you're going to repeat the same patterns, right? So I never really assessed what I learned when I got out of these grueling relationships that took like a freaking tornado to break us up. But if I would have just been open to the red flags beforehand, we wouldn't have had to have catastrophes end our relationship. <laughs> like it got, like, I've never had a civil civil end of a relationship um, because I just like never open, com op like communicated openly throughout them. And then obviously it's going to take like a lot to, to end that. So if I would have done been more introspective and asked the right questions, then I probably wouldn't have repeated the same pattern multiple times. I think it's a powerful question. What lessons did I learn from this? You know, because yeah. you're right. There are, if you don't dive into that, you will just be in the same situation. Like even with my, like, I was lucky that I had an amicable separation from my ex, but even with that, there were red flags in the beginning where I knew that even before we got married, that we were different people. We were such different people, you know, but you just want to put so much into it. You've put so much effort into it already that it's like, Hey, this is next steps and same sort of thing. And it would be easy to repeat that same behavior. Yeah. You know, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, and you definitely don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think time. it's so funny. Cause when I heard, when I heard about your book, I'm like correlation between diets and relationships. But now that you're talking about it, it is coming together because so many women do that with dieting too. There's just, so many parallels. Uh, like Katie, like, I don't think you, like my book, like I, I was just like, there's 11 chapters. It's like, how can you get so much out of it? I like was mind blown by that. There's so many parallels. Yes. Like there's so many more, like, it's just insane because it's all about the societal pressures. That's one parallel, you know, the way in which we go about it, how we end it, you know, how we just talk about it, right? When you first start a diet or you first start in a relationship, like you want to smack the person who's talking about their, their like whoever they're with or like whatever diet they're doing because like they can't shut up about it because they're so excited. Right. <laughs> it's like, there's so many parallels. It's crazy. Yeah, I was really thinking, I'm like, I, I want to like see how this all connects. I was like, so curious to talk to you. But now that you're talking, it's like, holy shit. Like there are so many and, and it can be healthy or it can be very, very toxic. And it seems to be like sort of either one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And then you have like the middle ones that aren't like crazy toxic, but they're also like not really going anywhere, Yeah, you know? So it's like, I want people to be happy and I want people to get the most out of life. And like, yeah, it's not going to be a full-blown fairy tale every day. Like relationships do take work. Um, same thing with your nutrition and your habits. Like you do have to consistently put in that effort to get the same results in return. Like, you know, but it's not as extreme as people think. Um, and there, there's a, there is a higher quality of life in all aspects um, right around the corner. As long as you just listen to yourself, listen to your heart, listen to your body um, and honor your needs, you're going to get pretty close to like the best life for you. Yeah. We, we live so much of our life on autopilot. Mm -hmm. I have to do this. I have to do that. And never being aware of, you're right, never honoring like our needs and where our body is at. And like, mm -hmm. even what, I don't even think a lot of us recognize our, what our relationship with our body is. 
Yeah. You know, it's like, we don't realize how, um, how much we actually dislike our body or our relationship or our habits or our behaviors or even our workouts, but we're doing these things because we feel like we need to. Right. Right. There's a lot of disconnect. There's a lot of disconnect. If so, what would you say like to somebody that was like, you know, I really don't love my body. I really don't love where I at. Like, I, I know I'm guessing you agree with this, but the most important relationship you have is your relationship with yourself. Yeah. Because I think that sort of, I mean, that is like the foundation, the grounding for all other relationships in your life. So if somebody is there, like, like where, where would you say they start at? Yeah. So I think first of all, I've been where you're at and I know that it seems like almost impossible to ever get to a place where you love your body. Like if you would have told me that as my younger self, that one day I would love my body, I would really just doubt you to be honest. So I know how it feels like I know it. And I, I just want you to know that there, there is a way with that said, before you can go from to, from hating your body to loving your body, it's a process. It's a really long process. And so we want to, instead of going from that place of hate, we want to just replace it with a neutral thought, right? So just be mindful. Like if you're beating yourself up, like I should work out, I should work out, I should work out, you know, replace that, you know, I should work out because my butt's so big or something like that. You know, you just replace that with, wow, my butt is a nice cushion that allows me to sit on things. <laughs> like <laughs> you make it more neutral, right? You know, or if you're upset about, you know, maybe your belly and you had, and you just had a baby, like you had, you birthed your, your son or your daughter. Like how special is that, that you grew a human inside you, right? Or your, hu- maybe um, your arms, you're like upset about your arms, but your arms allow you to hug your loved ones. Um, you know, and also just, I think if you just come from a place of gratitude of the most simple and basic things, like you can breathe, you can, you can hear cause you're listening to this podcast, right? Hopefully you can see you're fully able. And if you just remind yourself of all the incredible, amazing things that your body is able to do for you, that's going to at least get you to this place away from hate. It's hard to hate. Your body has been there for you always. Your body is actually the most incredible thing in the whole world. I think bodies are fascinating because they are there to protect you. So when you're starving yourself, those cravings kick in, those hunger kicks in because it's like, can you, can you feed me please? Right. Yes. You know, when you're tired, it's your body's trying to tell you like, can you, I want to just slow down for a minute. I, I want to keep working for you. Right. But it stops working for you when you continue to abuse it and not listen to it. Yeah. Because your body is speaking to you every single day. All the time, all of the time. And the chronic stress that we put on it, it makes it a lot harder to work with. Um, But if we just start to listen to it a little bit more, start to fuel it every day, um, you know, eating more balanced meals, drinking water, resting when you need it, you know, really focusing on the quality of your food, but not depriving yourself of things that you actually like that might have a little bit more flavor that you actually want. And just do that consistently you're going to start to notice changes and you'll start to see a shift in even just the way that you talk to yourself. So that's step one. Step two, I would say is wear clothes that fit you. I think a lot of women are trying to fit. Into that clothes. is a powerful yeah. one. That yeah. shifted me so much. Yeah. Because like nobody knows the size of your pants. Like only you, nobody do. cares and nobody cares. And you know, the yeah, only time do. they notice is when they don't fit. Yeah. Like that is literally the only time they notice. And then you're feeling uncomfortable and it's just like, it's just, it's, it's not working for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So I understand maybe if you are frustrated, maybe you put on some weight and you don't want to buy new clothes, 
just do it to start, please. Just do it to Find start. Find something you feel comfortable in. Feel comfortable, confident in, because then you can really just, um, just like feel better rather than like continuously feeling uncomfortable. Like you already feel physically, un- like you feel uncomfortable in your skin. Why put on something that doesn't fit you <laughs> to yeah. feel physically uncomfortable um, even more so, right? Like, I held on to my jeans when I was smaller for like, when I used to do like obsessive cardio and HIIT training. And now I, now I like a muscular build, a more curvy build. Like I love that about me. I love that about my body, but I held on to those jeans for so long, even though I wasn't even close to fitting in them, mm-hmm. but like, mm-hmm. but you still tried them on and you still tried to fit in them for mm-hmm. so it's like. But all that does is create self-doubt and insecurity in you. And then you feel it. You can't, you can't be in the moment. You can't enjoy anything. Yeah. 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 So I would say those would be the the main things I would say is before you can love it, you have to just like not hate it. You just have to come from a neutral approach. And the easier way to do that is to treat it like, treat it like you like it. Treat it like you care. Mm. Even though you don't treat it like you do. Fake right? it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. Pretend that you love it. And so because you love it, right? When you love a partner, you treat them nicely, right? So treating your body nicely is giving it rest, giving it sleep, giving it water, giving it fuel, you know, going out in the sun, being outside, like treat yourself the way that you would treat a loved one. Um, even if you don't love your body just yet, I promise you that will help you move the needle towards eventually accepting your body and maybe one day you will love it. Now, with that said, I still have bad body image days. So I don't want to play yes. this like big picture that like you love your body all the time, every day. Um, I just know now, similar to what we were talking about earlier, that if I have a bad body image day, I don't need to respond to it with extreme restriction. That doesn't mean I need to exercise more. If anything, when I have a bad body image day, it's often related to like I'm stressed out or I'm super tired or like something is bothering me, but it actually has nothing to do with my weight, if I'm honest. And I feel like for most people, if you really ask yourself what's actually bothering me, 90% of the time, it's probably not even your body. It's just yeah. a place to hold that. I think that was, I was actually sort of shifting in one of my last questions for you is this idea of self-love, because I think it's thrown around and talked about so much on Instagram and on social media, and you're able to look at people and they're like, how do they just love themselves all the time? And I think that's just unrealistic expectations that we set on ourselves. It's like self-love doesn't mean loving yourself every day. It means loving yourself through, through the messy, accepting yourself, whether you're having a good day, a bad day, a messy day, an emotional day, being okay with who you are. Yeah. It's, it's knowing who you are. It's knowing what your values are and it's the acceptance. It's accepting the sooner you can accept something, the easier it's going to be to move past it right? So if you're having a rough day, just accept today is a little bit of a rougher day rather than trying to fight to try to get, you know, maybe if one of those days where it's like, for here, I'll give you an example. I have construction going outside my building. It actually sounds really quiet right now. So I think they stopped and it's 4.30 Eastern time. But normally when I tell you, Katie, they work from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Saturday, and they're right outside the building, like right outside. They're, They're drilling, like they're building a whole new building, like the one that I'm currently in. So it's like drills. It's not, it's like bulldozers. It's not, like a, it's not like that is a lot. 
So all that to say for me to get stuff done, like for example, my book is out coming out by the time you hear it, it's out. And I want to record the audio. I'm a, such a morning person. I would love to record the audio in the morning, but because of the construction, I have to wait until after five o'clock when I'm freaking tired. Like that's the last thing I want to do. So this is taking me so much longer and it's so frustrating. And there's some days where I have every intention of recording after five and then something happens. The dog, now I'm in this new apartment building. It's a beautiful apartment, but the dog upstairs barks. Um, you know, my, my boyfriend's daughter comes over and I haven't seen her in a couple of days and I want to spend time with her. So like sometimes Sometimes I can't get what I want to get done accomplished. And it's super frustrating sometimes. And rather than me fighting it, I just have to accept that I'm going to do it when I'm going to do it. I'm going, I'm going to get there. It's going to happen. And trying to push to make something work only makes it harder to complete it. Right. So, so you have to just accept that, you know, maybe you are working on your body composition, or maybe you are, you do have a scale goal. So I have a very unique approach where I don't think you need to throw out the scale. I just think it's like a very small data point to many others, but all that to say, you might be tracking it and you might not be happy with what you see, but you don't, that doesn't necessarily mean you might take the scale out, but you don't have to throw the scale out the window. It doesn't mean you stop doing what you were doing. You just be an observer. You just accept like, okay, this is going to take a little bit longer than I thought, but what are the things that are working well for me, right? I have more energy. I, um, my libido is up. My skin is clearer. Uh, my bowel movements are more smooth. Like there's so many other better things. Like my PRs in the gym are increasing. So I can accept that this isn't going at the pace that I want it to, but I'm so proud of myself of what I'm doing right now. So on those bad body image days, you're going to have days where you just have to kind of accept that, all right, today's not the best day, but that doesn't mean I have to stop doing what I'm doing or jump to an extreme thing to, you know, keep it moving. I can just trust that tomorrow because you always do on a bad body image day. The next day you look at yourself and you're like, wow, that's amazing. It was like two different people. Yeah. I was so hard on myself. So hard on myself. And like today I look freaking good. And yesterday I wanted to like throw myself out the window. Right. And it's just, when we're in those moments, they're so intense. Yeah. And your eyes play tricks on you. Your eyes play tricks on you. So you have to just know that sometimes you can't trust your eyes. And I just, you know, if it helps, you can like, I work when I work with eating disorder clients or patients who have a history of disordered eating or currently disordered eating, we'll like name the eating disorder, right? So that way they know when it's like not them talking. So if you're having a bad body image day, I've had clients name their, like when they have a bad body image day, they, they give it a name and it's like, Oh, that's Charlene popping up again. Like, thanks, Charlene, but no thank I'm, you. You know, yeah, or like, yeah. bye, Felicia. Like, you know, um, and so you acknowledge it for being there because I think that there's worth exploring what's actually bothering me, but you don't like um, really sit in it and let it ruminate and, you know, really make drastic changes because of it. You just accept it and then you kind of be like, thanks for thanks for showing up, but I'm good today. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, but no, thank you. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like I need to name my bad body image days now. I feel like it's a fun thing to do. Actually. It's a great thing. Actually, a lot of clients too usually make it something funny. Um, or yeah. they'll have it like, you know, something that like, it's just like, it doesn't make sense. Like it's not ho- close to their name. Um, right. What I'm trying to think. Like, I can't like, do like Katarina cause that's too close to Katie. <laughs> I mean, you could, no, you could, you could, you could do something like that. You could do something like that. Um, I'm trying to give an example, but it's hard without like giving it away. Well, like one, I, cause I don't want to give people's like names away. Cause sometimes they are similar to that. 
But one of my clients, um, a male client, actually, mostly who we work with are females, but he was one of my male clients and he named his bad body image days, Mr. Penguin. I don't know why, <laughs> like, I guess it had something to do with like his past or I don't remember exactly why, but it was like, so then anytime he would message me or we would have a call, I'd be like, oh, that's Mr. Penguin showing up again. Like, you know, and it's, it's like, what you're not going to listen to a penguin. I love that so much. Honestly, that like, what great advice. Like I just, that's the best. I I'm like so excited that I got to have you on because like, obviously this is the crying burns calories podcast. Like that's the name of it. And there is, you know, I really wanted to create this realness in between being a woman and, you know, being tied up in diet culture and our body image and that we're not all that and that we all have stories and that we should be vulnerable and we should be um, open and honest. And we're all so, we all go through these things, but we don't talk about them enough. So I am, um, I'm like so happy that I got to have you on here before I have you tell everybody where they can find you and your book and all those amazing things. I have three questions that I ask my guests. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. About crying? (laughs) About crying. Okay. Okay. So number one, it can be funny. It can be serious, whatever you want. Number one, most likely to make you cry. What is it? Um, oh God. Uh, Like real, like when, I mean, I'm obsessed with America's Got Talent. Like when people's dreams come true. Okay. This is so, the girl I just did an interview for before you, um, said the voice. (laughs) Ah! That's so funny. Yeah, Yeah, no, I like um, it. it, When somebody gets like when they've worked for something like on America on those shows, you only see the highlight, right? So it just I've always related to like entrepreneurs or just people that just like put their head down behind the scenes. They're doing the work. It must be 10, 10 years in the making. And then they look like overnight successes, but you know, it took a lot of tears for them to get there. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, okay. So it's sort of going into the next question. What movie are you most likely to cry at? Uh, I mean, I'm just going to say the notebook because I, I remember when I watched it, when it came out, I, I was, I don't know, maybe a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, oh my God, for days, just, I just cried for days. It was just, it was just heart wrenching. How can you not? Yeah. That's it. Okay. And the last one is when you're having a good cry, what is the food that you're most likely to go, go grab pizza? I love it. <laughs> it just happened like two weeks ago. I was, like, I was just like frozen. I literally two weeks ago, I, w- I had a, a cry session. I just took out the frozen pizza, popped it in the oven, had um, a glass of wine and no shame. Just, just pure, no, shame, no guilt, pure, literal, like it's like, and I literally thought about it. I'm like, okay, this is such a, di- cause it was such a like singular scenario versus like we're, I, well, we help people who struggle with and that like we help them when they're struggling and manage to help. The- oh my God. I can't speak today. It's been long. <laughs> <laughs> we work with people who struggle with emotional eating. Right. But when it's more of like a singular moment, when it's literally everything you just needed in that moment, that food hug, like, like just- it was like so perfect. It was just, I was like, oh my God, this is the best I, I've ever made. <laughs> I'm so happy for that moment for you. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. So tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your book, what it's called, all of the things. Yeah. So my book is on Amazon. It is called Once Upon a Diet and it is blue with a broken lollipop heart shaped on the cover. Um, you guys can't see it here, but it's she's showing really it to awesome. Beautiful. I'm showing, showing to you. <laughs> um, I'm like very proud. So once upon a diet on Amazon, 
Um, if you have questions, you could always message me on Instagram at tips underscore with Tony with an I. And if you're interested in um, working with a dietitian on my team or doing a course or anything like that, you can find more information at www.tipswithtony.com. And I will have all of her information in the show notes. So thank you so much for being on the show, Tony. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you like this podcast, leave me a review and share it with any women in your life that you think need to hear it. If you don't already follow me, go over to Instagram, search Conditioned by Katie. Make sure you follow me. You're part of this community. If you're interested in working with me, look, I have so many different ways you can work with me from one-on-one coaching to small group to master classes that I host and everything in between. The best way you can find out What's going on in the Conditioned by Katie world is to either follow me on Instagram or sign up for my newsletter on my website. That's going to give you all the updated info and a lot of other fun things every single week. But look, I'm just so happy you're here. I'm happy you're part of this community. Keep showing up, keep growing with me, and keep being you.